0: A Swiss Family Robinson, Chapter 17, More Stores from the Wreck I rose with the first crowing of the cock, descended the ladder, and set about skinning the kangaroo, taking care not to deface its beautiful, smooth coat. Our dogs relished their meal on the entrails of the animal so much that they intended themselves the pleasure of a breakfast on the carcass. Before I could descend, they had got off its head as it hung by the hind feet, and half friends, half foes, they were going to share their prize when I made my appearance. Recollecting our want of the means of protection against similar depredations, I thought it right to give them a slight correction for their fault. My wife awaked by the growling they made as they slunk away to the hollow of a tree was alarmed, and came down the ladder to see what was the matter, and now I had to perform the further task of appeasing her kind heart for what she called a cruel act. Kind-hearted creature, said I, well, I know how glad you would be if there were not a stick in the world, but I did not beat Turk and Flora through anger or revenge, but from prudence and precaution. They intended modestly to eat up our kangaroo which you promised yourself such pleasure in cooking and unable as i was to acquaint them with the canine tongue that it was not placed there for their use it was proper to let them know that this in such a way as to deter them in future otherwise they are strongest they would end by devouring all our stock my wife owned i was in the right but i observed her from the corner of my eye, hovering about the hollow tree and patting the dogs to console them. I now set about stripping my kangaroo without injuring the skin, but I advanced so slowly in the business that my family were assembled about us and calling out famine before I had finished my work. Having at last completed it, I went to the river to wash myself. "'thoroughly, and then to the seller's chest to change my coat, that I might appear with decency "'at breakfast, and give my sons an example of that cleanliness which their mother was so eager "'to inculcate. Breakfast over, I ordered Fritz to get ready for tent-house, where we should prepare "'the boat, and proceed to the vessel. After taking an affectionate leave of my wife, we began our journey.' I left Flora with her and entreated her not to be uneasy and to commit herself to the care of the kind Providence who had till then so graciously watched over us and who would again bring us back to her safe and sound, enriched with many things conducive to our welfare. But to bring her to reason on the subject of these trips to the vessel was impracticable. I left her bathed in tears and praying God that this might be the last— We took Ernest and Jack a little way with us, and then I sent them back with a message to their mother, which I had not the resolution to deliver myself, that we might be forced to pass the night on board the vessel, and not return till the evening of the following day. It was most essential to get out of it, if yet afloat all that could be saved, as a moment might complete its destruction." I instructed my boys how they should soothe their mother. I exhorted them to obey and to assist her, and that their excursion might not be useless. I directed them to g- gather some salt, and joined them to be at Falcon Stream before noon. We got into the boat, and gaining the current, quickly cleared safety bay and reached the vessel, whose open side after offered us an ample space to get on board. When we had fastened our boat, our first care was to select fit materials to construct a raft, as suggested by my son Ernest. Our boat of staves had neither room nor solidity enough to carry a considerable burden. We therefore looked about and found a sufficient number of water casks, which appeared to me proper for my new enterprise. We emptied them, replaced the bungs carefully, and threw the caskets overboard, after securing them with ropes and cramps so as to keep them. Together, at the vessel's side, this completed, we placed a sufficient number of planks upon them to form a firm and commodious platform or deck, to which we added a gunwale of a foot in depth all round to secure the lading. Thus, we contrived a handsome raft in which we could stow thrice as much as in our boat. This laborious task had taken up the whole day. We scarcely allowed ourselves a minute to eat some cold meat we had provided, that we might not lose any time in looking for the provisions on board the vessel. In the evening, Fritz and I were so weary that it would have been impossible for us to row back to land, so having taken all due precautions in case of a storm, we lay down in the captain's cabin. On a good elastic mattress, which induced such sound repose that our prudent design to watch in turn for fear of accident was forgot, and we both slept heavily side by side till broad daylight opened our eyes. We rose and actively set to work to load our raft. We began with stripping the cabin of its doors and windows with their appendages. Next we secured the carpenters' and gunners' chests containing all their tools and implements. Those we could remove with levers and rollers were put in terror upon the raft, and we took out of the others what rendered them too heavy. One of the captain's chests was filled with costly articles, which no doubt he meant to dispose of to the opulent planters of Port Jackson. For among the savages, in the collection were several gold and silver watches, snuff-boxes of all descriptions, buckles, shirt-buttons, necklaces, rings, and in short, an abundance of all the trifles of European lux- luxury. But the discovery that delighted me most was a chest containing some dozens of young plants of every species of European fruits, which had been carefully packed in moss for, its- for transportation. I perceived pear, plum, almond, peach, apple, apricot, chestnut trees, and vine shoots. I beheld with a feeling I cannot describe those productions of my dear country, which once so agreeable embellished my rural dwelling, and which I might hope would thrive in a foreign soil. We discovered a number of bars of iron and large pigs of lead, grinding stones cart-wheels ready for mounting a complete set of farriers instruments tongs shovels ploughshares rolls of iron and copper ware sacks full of maize peas oats vetches and even a little hand-mill The vessel had been freighted with everything likely to be useful in an infant colony so distant. We found a sawmill in a separated state, but each piece numbered and so accurately fitted that nothing was easier than to put it together for use. I had now to consider what of all these treasures I should take or leave. It was impossible to carry with us in one trip such a quantity of goods, and to leave them in the vessel was exposing ourselves to be wholly deprived of them. We with difficulty and hard labor finished our loading, having added a large finishing net, quite new and the vessels great compass with the net fritz found two harpoons and a rope windlass such as they use in the whale fishery he asked me to let him place the harpoons tied to the end of the rope over the bow or of our tub boat and thus be in readiness in case of seeing any large fish and i indulged him in his fancy having completely executed our undertaking we stepped into the tub boat and with some small difficulty which a little reflection and a few experiments soon enabled us to overcome, we pushed out for the current, drawing our raft triumphantly after us with a stout rope which we had been careful to fasten securely at its head.